2: Well, good morning. Happy Thursday, folks. Happy Budget Day. Rob Breckenridge with you here on 630 Chad, Yes, the Alberta budget uh, is going to come down a little over six hours from now. I think around 315 is when the budget's going to be tabled in the Alberta legislature. Just to let you know, tomorrow we are going to hear from, among others, Alberta's Finance Minister Travis Taves uh, to talk about the budget. Uh, But that'll, I think, certainly loom large over some of the conversation here this morning. We got a lot to get to. Our number, of course, uh, 780 So before we go any further, though, I want to get uh, right to our first guest and the conversation, I suppose, may touch on the budget because certainly uh, that's going to impact education in Alberta going forward. And uh, someone who's uh, spent a a long time uh, trying to improve education in Alberta, in Edmonton in particular, is Michael Jantz. He has uh, decided that he is not going to seek a fourth term on the Edmonton Public School Board after 11 years as a trustee. So joining us to talk about that decision and some other issues, very pleased to welcome to the program the aforementioned Michael Jans. Michael, thanks for making some time for us here this morning. Welcome well, to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure.
2: Well, and we appreciate you making some time for us. So let's start with the decision first of all. Obviously, look, you've been, as mentioned, a trustee for uh, 11 years now. and Yeah, a I almost got my diploma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, I guess so. Uh, so talk about the, the decision and, and kind of what you were weighing and how, how you reached the decision you did.
1: Yeah, um, first of all, I'm, I, there, are, there are currently trustees serving who have been elected since the 80s. And in alberta and i never wanted to be one of those people i i came in uh in in uh 2010 uh previously to being a trustee i had researched for the public school trustees around alberta and i had also done uh uh six years of advocacy at post-secondary as a student union president and so i had been involved in post-secondary education advocacy and then i pivoted to k-12 and it's something that's very close to my heart and as i said on uh, my post on Michaeljans.ca, i will continue to be fighting the good fight and volunteering um but i've done three terms it's 11 years and uh um yeah i think it's important to have uh fresh voices and fresh perspectives and and pass the torch so uh it's a really exciting time to be involved and what i'm trying to do is encourage people to run maybe not in 2021 maybe in 2025 maybe in 2029 i want to ensure we can have a generation of robust municipal leaders take over in alberta not just at school board but at, in, in many stations at school councils at, at city councils at all over i think local government matters more than ever and i think you're seeing that municipalities are kind of rising up and that's 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 really exciting school boards as well i think we all benefit from competitive democracy it's interesting because you're right, and, and it yeah.
2: does matter. Um, and but there seems to be a disconnect at times. I think people will 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 agree with that statement, but oftentimes, you know, we, we don't always vote even, or we don't pay close attention. I mean, what percentage of Albertans could name their their school board trustees? I'm I'm not sure. So, why do you think there is that disconnect?
1: Well, I think I think to be honest, it's it's part of it's about power. Mayor and city council can raise your taxes. School boards, since 1994, cannot. So when it's not going to impact your wallet. People care less. That's that's just part of it, that when sure. school boards used to be able to levy taxes to build schools, you, you you bet they paid attention. But now the decision to hire teachers or not comes from the legislature today at the provincial budget. The decision whether to build schools or not, the decisions whether to charge for bus fees or anything else, is so much of the dollars and cents and the raw power of education comes from the legislature. And it's enormous. It's the second largest expenditure next to health care
2: so where do trustees have a role because I think you're right part of it is the perception look I mean it's the province that controls education in Alberta Alberta ed the minister the premier the cabinet the government they make the decisions on education in Alberta what do you see though as, as the critical role of, of of boards and of trustees
1: yeah absolutely I I said uh, I said on my post there's three three thoughts I have like first of all it's it's leadership is about the action you take it's about the causes you stand for it's about the things you chase secondly leader, you know we may not have that hard budget power uh we can allocate budget within within our own district but uh we can't really fight for for or we can't really uh receive more or choose to levy taxes etc we kind of have to spend what we're given so but we do have an enormous amount of influence and so whether it's like when i was Over the last 11 years, we have completely changed the conversation in education. We've seen the replacement model school come in. We've seen the GSA conversation start. That started because my school board, my colleague, uh, we voted to do that when Christopher Spencer brought that forward in uh, 2011. Can you imagine a school today without GSAs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like right we now. have That's an enormous like we're on the we're on the front line of, of 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 the culture war of the pandemic recovery of the climate emergency education and our school systems are uh, are, are enormously important. And so I'm just really trying to get that message out there
2: let talk about the uh, financial pressure schools and school boards are dealing with right now. I think it was a couple of months ago the report came back, Edmonton Public Schools looking at you know, around almost $70 million in COVID costs on, on top of everything else. Uh, how, how acute are these, these financial pressures resulting from the pandemic on schools?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I would need to get you the most up-to-date numbers, but part of the hard thing with COVID is we don't know what we don't even know. Like there's costs that may appear immediately like hand sanitizer, but then there may be other costs like uh, a child entering school next year who needs extra reading recovery or needs extra support. So th- like the, what we call the learning loss, Uh, is enormous and we're going to have to account for that. What's our dropout rate going to be 10 years from now compared to now because of COVID? There's some of these downstream costs that are a little bit intangible at the moment, but we're going to need to look at. And that's part of the problem here is that we are, we are looking at a, a like COVID has absolutely transformed government in Canada and society in Canada. Like who would have thought that we could have something like the CERB benefit? Who would have thought that we could go from classroom learning to virtual learning in a span of like a month right so to what extent do we continue virtual learning to what extent does edmonton public become a hub school for uh, other places in canada or even the world like there's so many transformative conversations right now that we could have and i think we need to have so okay, the budget coming down later on this
2: afternoon and uh, everyone's watching for all kinds of different reasons. But I mean, what would you like to see? What are you anticipating that we'll see as it pertains to to education funding?
1: Well, I, I mean, I <laughs> I have a bunch of things. I mean, personally, it just incenses me that we're still paying for a war room uh, and we're not paying for our classrooms. Uh, it bothers me that we cut almost 230 million from the most vulnerable children who are in pre-kindergarten, the children who have a uh, um, some of the highest needs. We had this, this pre-kindergarten intervention program to help them. Some of the children was who were literally learning to to walk and talk. Some of them who who needed the most help. Um, the government cut that. So, to me, I'm wondering like, are we going to be short term? And make cuts that are going to have enormous long-term costs because we saw at the school board that by not paying for those children now they're going to require much more expensive intervention interventions later as they enter elementary so i think i think it's it's a uh, like most budgets it's a question of me or we are we going to be making decisions for individuals or are we going to be making decisions that are good for the community and good for society um, what's the next hundred years going to be for education? Like, we know that with, with rocky uh, forecasts for our, our, uh, our oil and gas industry and, and with more and more global corporate car manufacturers and leaders moving towards electric vehicles. What's going to be the next feature for Alberta in terms of de- diversification? What are we preparing the kids in junior high for or elementary for today? What, what is the world of work going to look like for them? We know what the last 50 years were for Alberta, but what are the next 50 years and what is the education system's role in that? And so uh, these are major questions that are yesterday's, the provincial budget, but they, they, like, how are we going to be making these transitions and these decisions? And it's uh, it's a it's a really really exciting time to be involved. And then, layer on top of this, we still are in the climate emergency. Let's not forget, and uh, we're still in the pandemic, and we still ha- need to have some serious conversations about doing justice for um, our indigenous community. Uh, sorry, not our indigenous our, our neighbors, uh, the indigenous uh, our the the indigenous people of of Canada, uh, and and. Uh, um, and the BIPOC community as well too. So like there are stu- there are students in the school system who are doing half as well as others. Why is that? And let's make sure we can fix that. So it's it's uh, it's breaking through the legacy of racism and colonialism and even little things like like the 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 programming that's been in all of us for for a generation or more that that we need to we need to deal with. And these are real serious conversations.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it speaks to the importance of the role itself, as you alluded to. And uh, I, I guess, you know, part of the plan going forward for you in the short term, looking ahead to the, uh, the fall elections, you're going to be putting on some some workshops. So, you know, helping people get informed about what's involved in running, what's involved in being a trustee and, and then even taking that a step further and some some practical workshops. Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so last night I hosted a town hall about um, anti-racism education. It was great. We had uh, um, about 50 people register some, from all different parts of Alberta. If you visit michaeljans.ca, I have a kind of a trustee training camp sign-up, and I'm going to be providing information, and the goal is not just for public trustee, but for Catholic trustee, Francophone trustee, anyone involved in local government, and I'm going to be organizing a series of different people who I've met through my journey who have advice and wisdom and expertise, and hopefully just trying to get some of these conversations out there like things i didn't know about before i ran 11 years ago that would have been helpful and my goal is not just to create sort of a a competitive race in 2021 i want to make sure that it's it's a multi multi multi-year system of, of competitive local government that we have people who are excited and engaged in uh not just school boards but school councils and education leadership throughout society like it's uh it's really really important
2: very interesting. Michael Jans, Dotsie, again, is the website. Michael, thanks so much for making some time for us here this morning, and all the best with uh, whatever comes next for you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. There you go. That is, uh, well, outgoing uh, Edmonton Public School Board trustee Michael Jans deciding not to uh, go for a fourth term. Certainly been one one of the more visible and outspoken uh, members uh, of the Edmonton Public School Boards. And uh, I guess we'll see who fills those shoes. But as he says, I mean, even though he's moving on, still wants to ensure that the board has an impact. So encouraging people to run, helping them, you know, navigate to all of that. Yeah, you know, because uh, these trustees can and do have a voice, even though we, we tend to think they look the
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide. At bp.com/investing-in-america. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI.
2: Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction.
0: Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss
2: if Canva Right is right for you at Canva.com, designed for work. Province makes the final decision, which is largely true. There's still a role for for, uh, school board trustees. Okay, a lot to get to uh, on the program on this Thursday morning. 780-496-0063 is our number. Rob Breckenridge with you. You are listening to 630 Chat. Welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. Busy day today. Uh, Of course, the uh, Edmonton Oilers back in action tonight. They scored uh, four goals in a row to make it four wins in a row. Going for five in a row again tonight uh, against the Canucks part of the back-to-back series in Vancouver. And I wonder, you know, even coming out of this season, if that's something the NHL is going to look at doing more of to kind of cut down on on the travel burden for teams. Anyway, 8 o'clock start once again, 6 o'clock uh, face-off show uh, as the Oilers and uh, Canucks tangle uh, once again this evening. It is also budget day, uh, just under six hours uh, from now. That uh, budget is going to be tabled in the Alberta legislature. We're going to hear from the finance minister uh, on the program tomorrow. We'll also be watching to see... Uh, Uh, The the government's uh, first uh, orders of business pertaining to new legislation in this session of the legislature looks as though the province is poised to finally introduce legislation on recall, voter recall, and uh, on citizens' initiative. Uh, The idea that uh, if enough people sign on to a petition, a certain issue could be put to a vote in a referendum. Those are both campaign promises from the ucp looks as though they're set to move on those perhaps uh, with the bill one bill two bill three you know some of the first pieces of legislation we're going to see in the spring sitting. so something else to keep an eye on uh, through the day and into tomorrow coming up after 9 30 here we're going to uh, look back on what happened yesterday with regard to the vaccine rollout and what kind of a spin are we putting on it here this morning apparently two thousand seniors got a first dose yesterday According to Alberta Health Services, more than 72,000 seniors, 75 and older, have made appointments to be vaccinated. Okay, that's that sounds good. But of course, yesterday also, we had all kinds of problems with people trying to get onto the website, get through to 811, book an appointment, and there was a lot of frustration. So if we ironed out those issues, maybe, hopefully. One of the, the weird aspects to what, what happened yesterday was, uh, with regard to the AHS website itself, what seemed like a coding problem that was preventing people from getting through. We're going to speak with someone uh, coming up after 9:30 who was able to diagnose that problem and post on social media a workaround. So, yeah, you you almost had to be kind of a uh, an amateur coder to to get through this problem. So we'll talk about that coming up after 9:30. And what it tells us, what does this all tell us about how ready we are to ramp up vaccines? Hopefully, we'll learn some lessons from this because, you know, things are just going to get bigger in terms of the scale of this as we go forward. So if we're having trouble with just this particular age group, what happens when we expand it and expand it again and expand it again? So we'll get into all of that coming up after 9.30. Speaking of vaccines, we're already seeing some pretty encouraging data with regard to long-term care centers and the impact that vaccination is having. So at what point do we start to have that conversation around lifting restrictions within long-term care settings? Something we've got to be careful with, obviously, but, you know, let's let's acknowledge the good news. So we'll get to that coming up after 10 o'clock. Plenty more to get to along the way. My name is Rob Breckenridge. This is 6.30 Chat.